0: Live from Naples, this is The Morning Break with Jane Ritter.
1: Morning, everyone. Another record high today. Um, I don't even know what the temperature is, but I woke up tired. Oh, here we go. 34 degrees and sunny. Welcome to Naples. This morning, I am speaking to the lovely Joe Zoki. We'll be talking about hybrid teaching and learning.
0: Live from Naples, this is The Morning Break with Jay Ritter on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio.
1: so as i said it is absolutely boiling here um really 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 hot and it just is incessant it seems hotter at night i'm not sure what it's like where you are but um it's pretty hot here anyway as i said this morning i have the lovely joe with me Um, joe has been teaching business esp general and academic English for more than 10 years in Hungary, Poland and at various universities in the UK. She's a regular participant and presenter at EFL conferences in connections with in connection with skills development and ed tech topics. She's been working as a teacher trainer for several years at various in-house training And at universities. She's also held webinars and has written several blog posts and articles. So she is someone who is really, really well worth following. I'm going to get started. Hi, Phil. I hope it's a bit cooler where you are today. Um, I'm going to get started. The, the record uh, we recorded this earlier because Jo is actually teaching at the moment, so she couldn't join the show live. And um, off we go. Okay, and good morning. Hi, of- hi, Jo. I've got Jo <laughs> with me this morning. Um, and and she is is in from Budapest in Hungary, which is um, it's really, really exciting, really lovely to have you here. Um, and thank you, Jane. Thank you, Jane, for, just, for having <laughs> me. When we spoke recently, we, we were talking about um, what you're doing at the moment. Um, I suppose we could probably go right to the start and you could tell me your <laughs> teaching journey, how you got into teaching. Um, yeah sure
2: (laughs) well um i'm actually i've been teaching for a very long time actually i think i've been teaching for 15 years now which is very strange for me i started when i was 18 um first i was just i just got a private student but then um a year later i decided to do the celta because i i got really interested in teaching and and then it just like it was I, I don't know how it got so fast and and and, um, and with lots and lots of interesting um, milestones because um, then I went on to do my Delta and then I started becoming involved in teacher training. And now I'm mostly a teacher trainer and I do uh, some courses at the same time because I think it's very, very important for a teacher trainer to have proper classroom experience. So I never want to uh, lose that. I always want to have at least one group. So basically, that's, yeah.
1: um, You you need to to be teaching in order to train and, and, obviously what we're going to talk about this morning for um for the skills that you have um you needed to be teaching to be able to then talk about all the amazing things that you do but keep going with your, with your journey
2: um, um right now actually I'm, well i can start i actually started my journey also when i was i was 12 so i know it sounds very strange but that was my very first english lesson in a kindergarten i was invited to teach kindergarteners for some reason when i was 12. um i didn't know anything about teaching but i was very excited i prepared i got my little handouts and cards and everything and then i realized that these kids cannot even write so (laughs) i was super excited but i was preparing for the wrong audience <laughs> and basically that that was i can see that as the starting point of my journey and right now i i work at a university in in hungary in budapest it's called gaspar university i uh, train teachers as a, as a full-time assistant lecturer and i also work for british council that's where i have my courses and I do lots of external trainings and webinars and blog post writing for other other uh, places, including cambridge university press and and lots of other
1: organizations. I love that. Wonderful. And I suppose we we connected because we both had an interest in hybrid yes. hybrid teaching <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but before we talk about that you have been very very active with online teaching in particular and that was when i kind of first noticed you and you had such sensible suggestions Yay. how did you how did you get into that and become the sort of voice for online one of the voices for online
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'm um actually it was a surprise for me as well. The the boom started in 2020 when when the pandemic came in and somehow I started becoming very active um, on social media, but also I got lots of um, like opportunities to do webinars and and blog posts and all that on online teaching. But actually I started teaching online years before that. it was it was really the beginning so i remember i was at a different language school they wanted to do uh, an online course they had a very the, the whole thing was was in in baby shoes at that point so they had a completely old-fashioned um like learning management system and an online course book we were i think we were doing lessons on skype but it was already an online lesson and a group class And I think that was like six or five years before the pandemic. Um, So I've always been interested, but Mm -hmm. somehow I saw that this is my time. This is now because I could see that all teachers around the world were panicking and I had this knowledge. So I thought like, OK, I will start educating everyone that I can see
1: what do you think was most appreciated by people who were following you and listening to you
2: Mm, well um, the first thing i i would say is that the first webinar i um i held for hungarian teachers was for free so i think that was the most appreciated thing that it came at the right time and it was completely free i designed a one-hour webinar including the most important Points of online teaching. About like two thousand ah! teachers watched it. <laughs> the dog. <I'm> sorry.
1: <laughs> sorry, just some birds out in. <laughs> um.
2: So yeah, I think that was the most appreciated part that I I I came to help, and it was for free. But then they appreciated that I was always available, or I was always there so whenever something happened i was like okay um i saw this i know about this i post about this so i was always there and it was easy because i'm interested and i'm and i'm actually always on social media and i'm i'm following these things
1: what are your top five online teaching tools
2: oh that's a very good question um definitely google classroom i couldn't live my life without Google Classroom. I like how organized it is. Um, And then I love Nearpod. It might be because I teach at university. Nearpod is a a website which can be used for putting questions into videos, Mm -hmm. but it can also be used to make um, very good asynchronous lessons. So you can um, like have content and you insert some comprehension, checking questions, you can put in different activities, videos, so you can actually create an entire asynchronous lesson. Probably I love it because so, like we have to do that for university and it's very good for older students who can study on their own. So these are two. And then, ooh, yes, definitely learning apps. Uh, learning apps is very, very easy to use um you can reuse all these very quick easy games and and i think also like i i've already created a couple of activities and i whenever i need them i can just paste the link and use these online very short activities quickly mm. it's not really an online learning tool but canva i love canva uh for creating infographics and designs and i actually started using it for some collaborative activities as well because now you can bring in um people so it's not just for you anymore you can collaborate so i try it's um it still needs a bit of time to make like to actually make it work but i try to bring in my students to create designs together and the fifth i would say google just just google like cool. google docs and all kinds of google co- cloud-based things
1: so you haven't got like a um like a, a, a go-to game or um a...
2: no you know, not really no no i wouldn't say so i always try new things hmm. um and there's, no <laughs> no um maybe because i don't ever want to make things boring mm. and i get bored very easily so if i keep using the same thing over and over again i just get bored so i suppose my students feel the same way so i always use something else might be a wrong assumption but that's yeah, how I, yeah.
1: and there is so much out there um mm. i tend to kind of I, I come. I generally come back to a couple of things, just because I like the way they work, and there are obviously students that, um, mm. that need to come. That um, they
2: just—that's actually—that's a very, very good point. That um, we don't want to overload students. So it might be that we love hundreds of tools, but yeah. for them it can be overwhelming.
1: I think so. Yeah, I think they just, I mean, they just get to grips with Mentimeter and then you're throwing something else at them and they just kind of, they, um, yeah, but then again, if you, if you set it up so that it's easy for them to do, then it, um, it usually helps them. Yeah. 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 So we've moved on now from online teaching and we're going into, um, into hybrid. Yes
2: which is very very interesting
1: <laughs> to is say the it here, least yeah is it here to stay do you think joe well i i'm
2: i keep thinking about it and i would say yes and the reason i'm saying this is because for example right now i don't know about you and the articles that you're reading wherever you're based but here in Hungary, I can see that they, they are now publishing more and more articles that well COVID is sort of a, like coming back again, like slowly but steadily, there are more and more cases. Plus, there are, there's this monkeypox, there's like there the world is so unpredictable at the moment that I think we need to somehow be prepared for more catastrophic things. And probably hybrid is the best way to to tackle all these
1: unpredictable un- unpredictable things. True, true. I mean, I think it also it could be. I mean, from I, I work here in Naples. In oh yeah, you're in Italy, yeah. And and you know where I live, a lot of students come from Calabria, from Sydney, mm-hmm. or even from the north of Italy, and they come quite a long way and. They, they want to study with us, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But by having the possibility to, to be hybrid, for them, obviously, the expense of having to rent an apartment, or yeah. and some people prefer to do that. And I, I
2: mm.
1: some people are very capable of, of doing their work independently. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with technology, they meet up with their classmates online and talk about, about what they're doing. So mm-hmm. I think it actually means that, that there's more scope for universities to accommodate more people.
2: That's that's absolutely true. And we also our university has been thinking about um, changing, for example, the correspondence program. So we've got the full timers, but even the full timers in our in our university, there are many students who come from various parts of the country, just like you said. Um, Also, the correspondence students, they work. So they are already teachers, and they would like to get additional training or an additional degree, and they find it difficult. So they have the same problems you mentioned. And for them, it would be a very, like a feasible solution to go hybrid.
1: I mean, some of my students work as well. And I I loved it in lockdown when when I would, my students were online and they were doing the course, but then all of a sudden, one of my students would speak, and you could hear the background music. She was, yeah. she was working um, in a hotel. Oh, receptionist. And obviously there weren't any guests, <laughs> but she still had to be at work, but she could do that. She could follow her course from work. And yeah. um, and she did- know yeah, really why not? Well. <laughs> it was just funny what we had this sort of relaxing background music when she, <laughs> she came online. Nice. <laughs> It does. Um, it does. It does help. Um, people say, um, or, you know, they talk a lot about hybrid teaching. We mm-hmm. don't talk a lot about hybrid learning. Ooh, what can teachers do to check if learning is taking place? That's a
2: very. That's a very good question. Because yes, as you said we tend to think, um, and it's also so relevant whenever we, so when I'm thinking about my teacher trainees who always think from from their perspective, like what I wanna teach, and they don't really put themselves into their students' shoes, like Mm -hmm. what they are going to take away and what they are going to learn. Um, I think we, in a way, I think hybrid is not so um, different from, online learning uh, in a way because I, when i whenever i talk about hybrid teaching or learning i think about mo- mostly online with some live participants mm-hmm. so if we think about it that way it's basically online learning with the same online tools and the live students should be integrated into that world not the other way around Um, and we can track them in the same way. So we can use online tracking systems and all these asynchronous tools, give them activities that we can, we can track, we can see, we can comment on. And in that sense, it's not different from online learning. Mm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of thinking of it in that way that it, and it in if we think about it that way then it can be as efficient as online learning and then of course people can say that well what about online learning it's not as efficient as face-to-face well it really depends on the activities we give our students Mm
1: -hmm. and you post some really you post some really really good suggestions for tasks um and also the kind of questions to ask um love the way you do that Joe. Um, can, can you tell our listeners a little bit about that
2: the, the, about the questions i ask yeah
1: wow what um, you do with them and that it, they really it helps them to engage with the task and perform better i think
2: i i really hope jane that i have the same thing in mind that you have in mind <laughs> um well usually what i what i try to do and and i think it's really important in online learning is that we we don't really want to check whether they they know a fact or they they are it's not we need to check different things and in online learning we want to engage them as you said so we want to ask open ended questions but open ended personalized questions like how what do you think about this how can you apply this Have you already applied this in your life and then bring some some evidence from your life? Um, And I think I try to bring in their world as much as possible. So have you seen something? Can you take a picture of it? Explain it, tell us. And in that case, it can be original because a lot of teachers, I know they are a little bit afraid that these submissions can be um, copied or or they can be just taken from somewhere and from the internet but if we bring in their own world possibly they are going to bring in something original and they will be happy to talk about that because it relates to them
1: exactly so yeah (laughs) i mean when i heard you talking about that because we kind of this year with my students we kind of revamped the whole assessment the whole assessment thing, and yeah. one of them was actually the speaking assessments, and so right. doing blogs and resumes and mm-hmm. their their little video for their LinkedIn, yeah, things like that. And they were all, you know, um, there were all things to sort of to, and elevated pictures as well. That was one of the most hysterical mm-hmm. activities because some of my students actually went into the lift and and videoed themselves. Oh. So they're having a conversation it was just so amazing yeah they were just they really took to it and got into it and i think and i have heard you talk about this the actual rehearsal um the the preparation the rehearsal and the fact that they can continue to work on it is actually they're doing a lot more than they would if they were just coming in to do a speaking exam there are so many other skills that they're putting into place
2: Absolutely, and also this is where peer feedback can come into the picture. That we can we can use this entire process as a learning opportunity for everyone, because the the speaker can can rehearse, can perfect their speech, but also the others can be involved in assessing this person. But at the same time, they are they 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 activate their knowledge because they are looking for things in the in the other students' performance that they want to see in their performance.
1: Exactly. No, and it's um, it is extremely, it's extremely motivating.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and I guess we need to add that as well, because um, it's really important to understand that in teaching, I think that there are like these methods, but we also need to be able to connect them to our students because the method might work and it can be a very good idea, a good task idea but somehow if we don't find what our students want and what they what they need then it might not connect with them so it could be an amazing idea but somehow it still doesn't work and maybe the problem is that we just didn't really find the right task for them or i mean the right content or context for the task. So then
1: then we, what would we do then? (laughs) We find a lot more. (laughs) Um, Have you got any advice for hybrid teaching? Many.
2: (laughs) I've got a lot of advice. Um, hmm. Well, first of all, tech. (laughs) Get the technology right. Unfortunately, and I know that teaching shouldn't be about technology, but in in the case of hybrid, we just cannot not avoid talking about technology. Having the right setup is, is crucial because I tried it several times. So if, if, if something goes wrong, but it shouldn't even go wrong if something is weak. So maybe your webcam is weak, your, your microphone is weak. The whole experience for one of the sides is going to be terrible. They can't hear you, they can't see you um the activities can work well but some of the things will get lost so that's why tech is really important and unfortunately i'm i'm really trying with everything so i'm always buying new like um attachments and adapters and other things but so far i've i think yeah we need the 360 conference microphone and camera to it seems that we cannot really have them like the good experience without such a tool which is kind of an expensive tool but that's one piece of advice but the other is if you can design good online activities that build on collaboration then you can have a very good hybrid lesson i can maybe even without any kind of webcam or microphone access so if you can design cloud-based and that's why google is my one of my favorite tools if you can design an activity that requires both the online students and the offline students to work together on something they could just even like they could just chat and then you skip the microphone and skip the video mm. so i think these two would be the most important pieces of advice get the tech right but if there's no tech, you can still work without speaking to each other <laughs> i know it's not the ideal solution but,
1: <laughs> but it is possible yeah and we i mean we have to we we are adapting to a changing world so it kind of it, you know there are things that we're just going to have to accept and and live with and and try and compensate for that lack of in these particular lessons in another way so
2: exactly and and we also need to adapt to yeah these different circumstances so um Also, whenever I talk about a task idea, it could work for one school because they have the technological background and infrastructure, but it might not work for another school. So another of, like I had another um, conference workshop that built on technical differentiation. (laughs) So it was about like, okay, we've got the ideal task that uses some kind of infrastructure, but what if? The school doesn't have enough things, or what if our students are not technically or digitally literate enough? What can we do then? And then we need to think about, okay, easier solution. And what if they are super, super smart, then a more challenging option.
1: Wow, there's so much to think about, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: There is actually a lot. I think lesson plans should be also completely changed. Because yeah, you need to always consider plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D,
1: and never end. And also the plans for us. I mean, I get oh yeah, I get so tired of looking at myself on the screen. It's just like oh god, there I am again. Oh. Oh.
2: <laughs> you know what? It's very strange for me actually that I hated seeing myself, where I used to hate hmm. seeing myself, but. Because of online teaching, I had to look at my face so much that now I'm quite pleased. <laughs> okay, I got used to it now
1: to it. Good. You, you. Um, we're gonna just go for a quick break um, okay. to for the news, and um I have lots more questions for you when we come back. So Great. stay with us, Joe. <laughs>
0: Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalized education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development
3: If you have a passion for education and
1: a talent for teaching and learning, the Witherslack Group want to hear from you. Join them as they open an incredible new school in Essex and be a founding teacher of English, Maths, Science or Primary with multiple leadership opportunities available too. As Teachers Talk Radio partners, we know how much they care about the well-being of staff and their offer to you will be superb. To find out more and apply for a role, visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward careers.
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn.
3: In England, the government has announced that all state schools will have a defibrillator by the end of the school year in 2023. The decision to install the defibrillator, which is used to start a person's heart again if it has stopped beating, is the result of a campaign by the parents of a 12-year-old, Oliver King, who died when his heart stopped during a swimming lesson in 2011. Education Secretary James Cleverley said, The move goes some way towards preventing more tragic stories. Access to funding must not stand in the way of every school having an on-site access to a life-saving defibrillator. The evidence clearly shows that defibrillators drastically increase the chance of survival from a cardiac arrest. And it's particularly important that they are available close to sports halls and playing fields, that children, young people, and the wider community use on a daily basis. The news has been welcomed by Oliver's family, who have been campaigning since his death. The UK is braced for an unprecedented spell of extremely hot weather, with the Met Office issuing its first ever red warning for heat, meaning there is a very likely risk to life. Some schools have taken the decision to close and others have relaxed uniform rules. The Met Office Alert comes with the advice that people should take action to protect themselves and others and avoid travelling where possible. In parts of the country, temperatures could reach 40 degrees C for the first time ever. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn.
0: This is Two Minute
4: Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Last week I asked, do you know the difference between the world wide web and the internet? This question makes you realise the internet is a network of interconnected networks, or the hardware, the wires, storage, devices and the systems that are always on hosting the 24-7 365 days a year access. The World Wide Web is the data that's stored on those networks, the millions of websites and pages and other data stored on servers all around the world. The internet turned out to be what you wouldn't want to lose when teaching over the ability to display. Continuing with connections, let's take a look at some of the common connections we use when projecting our screen. For most modern machines, we use an HDMI connection. MacBooks use USB-C or a wireless Apple TV connection. Not surprising that although this has been and is still quite annoying for MacBook users because you have to buy a adapters to connect, I feel Apple were a bit too forward thinking on this decision. We'll come back to USB-C later because it's slowly becoming more popular for a lot of good reasons. So most of us connect via VGA, the one with the pins in, or the modern HDMI cable to a screen or projector, or a combination of VGA and HDMI via the wonders of splitters allowing your video signal to be sent to more than one device. You will know which wires to plug in where, and by magic your computer will remember what to do. If you do want to push yourself to the next level, why not try extending rather than duplicating your desktop. Hold down the Windows key and press P. This will let you cycle through your display options. Sometimes extending a desktop can make a huge difference to a lesson, showing the Class D extension and dragging resources over to the second screen, the display, while you manage other tasks on your computer screen. So why should we get so excited about having USB-C ports on our computer? Well, it's symmetrical, so you can put it in any way round, which is good for a quick settle. It can carry more power and data than previous versions, so charge larger devices. And it also can support a port expander, giving you extra display ports, Ethernet, that's the internet wire, and additional USB, HDMI, and VGA ports, to name a few. If your computer supports USB-C, it may be time for you to take a look at a USB-C port expander. Do you already use USB-C? Why not Get in touch with your top tips at TT Radio 2022. Follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve
0: Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio.
1: Okay, and welcome back, Joe. Lovely to have you with me. Still, um, I, we were we we spoke before before the show um, about some really, really lovely infographics that you shared um, yeah. on assessing 21st century skills. Could you just tell our yeah. listeners a little bit about them? Because I thought they were wonderful. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah so um, actually they, they were part of a project that I did for Cambridge University Press. They were looking for someone who could develop the assessment Uh, guidelines or procedures for their life competencies framework that basically this framework looks at how 21st century skills can be incorporated into teaching or teaching English or English language lessons and and they were just trying to figure out how all these can be assessed because 21st century skills are are amazing and useful but they are also not very tangible things that we can actually assess. And it was a very exciting project. I really liked working on it. And these infographics weren't really a part of the project. So I just wanted to visualize my research or the the end result of my research. And I created these infographics um, that I'm not sure if they were published, I don't think they actually or somehow they, they were maybe used, but I thought I would put out um put them out on LinkedIn and and uh show them to the world as well that yeah visually how nice it looks how we can assess 21st century skills. For those
1: of, for those, of those who are listening that aren't really familiar with them. Could you just mm. give an example of one of yes yeah I can give you more as well. I
2: know. <laughs> one, one i mean the one that doesn't tell much is communication uh because yes it's important but it's not so new but um there's also critical thinking and creative thinking i think these two are quite important to think about because critical thinking is crucial in our world with with the internet around us and we need to really think about what we what we see and what we read and listen to um there's also collaboration um and digital skills so these are some of them
1: Mm. and you you also gave suggestions for task types yes i thought was um really really useful (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I
2: was trying to make these uh little sheets practical so they are not just about what the, what that particular skill is, but how we can, what kind of tasks we can play with our students or give our students to actually make these skill or like get them to practice these skills. Um, so for example, um, this is also not particularly new, so I didn't actually invent anything new. Um, but for example, the six thinking hats game can be very, very good for critical thinking also The Devil's Advocate and these kind of traditional games but just just collecting these tasks and games under certain headings that these can actually improve
1: um, such and such um, skill or competency. Fantastic Joe. I do hope I know you have a website <laughs> um, for our listeners could you just tell them what it is
2: yeah, so it's called Short and Simple English, um, and yeah, it's sort of my my mini business. Um, so um, I'm also on social media. I can be found like Joe Soki, Short and Simple English. Um, I'm I'm still sort of I'm not entirely um, sure how I would like to work with this idea but practically the website is um is, mm, it contains my blog posts yeah. the blog posts i write for myself uh, not for other uh, blogs so um, most of the time i put out blog posts there but i have a couple of uh, courses that i that i wrote and if people are interested they can sign up but i'm not pushing that part right now um But maybe in the future, this can grow into some sort of a um, training school kind of thing. But the short and simple kind of wants to show my my philosophy. When I think about teaching and training, I really like goal-oriented, very focused, short courses. So I believe in, in having something in a very organized and compact
1: way, short and simple.
2: Short <laughs> and simple, exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think I, I noticed the other day you you shared um, you shared a, a lovely um, activity that you were trying out um, some new soft is it software? The- oh
2: yes, yes, the, the- micro learning thing. Yeah,
1: that was wonderful. yes.
2: Um, yeah. Um- it, it's um, I got it. I got the idea of this website from, gosh, I can't remember her surname, but Melanie, mm-hmm. um, we, we somehow got connected in connection with an instructional design course that we did. Um, and she shared this website and I got immediately hooked, like, Oh, micro, then it's even, even smaller than short. <laughs> so, so I have to see what it is. And, um, I, I'm still experimenting. So the website is really aimed at micro courses. So they they think that learning has to be even smaller uh, or or has to be presented in smaller chunks mm. and and their website is designed for mobile devices. So so the whole
1: say that it de- yeah.
2: But exactly. The design is for cell phones and um, cell phone screens. Everything is super short. The te- you have to keep the text short. I'm still undecided. I wrote a course just like a just to check a lesson planning essentials, um, and I'm 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 trying to get feedback from from my network what they think I whether think, they think they could I think it could work.
1: And if you think, yeah. of, I mean, if you're doing a CELTA and you're in a real rush. Um, and you just want to go through something just to check that you've got it all together. Mm-hmm. And you've got your phone and you can say, oh, have, I have I done that? And it just um, I thought I think it's um, I think it's great. And I also think yeah. as as uh, we, we know that concentration levels are gradually dropping. Um, yes, there's quite a lot of research into that. And I can see that with my kids um they switch from one thing to the next and they do everything being able to do it in in well organized but bite-sized i suppose right
2: absolutely i also noticed for example that uh, as we were speaking it just came to my mind that i think in like previously google when you did a google search like what's a, what's a tiger it didn't use to give you the the definition as in like a highlighted box but now it does mm. and actually that's all you need so i'm not even going to open a a web page to read more about a, like tigers it's enough if they give me a three-line definition and I'm, okay i'm done yeah and it could mean the same thing that we're just not that interested which can mean something bad as well but <laughs> we just don't have that much time
1: yeah, no, well, definitely, <laughs> you're very, very busy. I know. Um, <laughs> you you recently presented at IATFIL. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Oh yes, um, actually, actually, that was my first I, like big IATEFL experience. I absolutely loved every moment of it. Uh, it was such a good experience. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and my talk was about. It was um, supported by Cambridge University Press um and it was about peer assessment and self-evaluation how that can be used to to keep our teenage students motivated and the idea was that basically assessment is not something very motivating or it doesn't sound motivating but we can do it we can we can still have peer feedback and self-evaluation in a in an enjoyable format and then our teenage students
1: can can still enjoy it and get the most out of it. Sounds fantastic, Jo. Wonderful. Um, is it possible to catch up on the IATF website? Right. Yes. Um, yes, I think. Yes, maybe not. But
2: but I'm not um, I'm not sure about that one. It's definitely on SlideShare, which mm-hmm. you can access from my LinkedIn page. However, there will also be um, kind of a Recast in a webinar format um, in the in the fall. So mm-hmm. I will re-present this webinar, and there will be a blog post on the CUP website as well, connected to it. So
1: if someone missed it, they can watch it again. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> um, what's your preference, online or face to face?
2: Well, I, I I know it's going to sound strange that. Whew, I'm gonna say face to oh well yes, I'm gonna say face to face. But on on I think a blend because sometimes I just feel so tired to actually I, I, I prefer online because you can stay at home, you can you can prepare in peace, you you do your lesson, which can be as enjoyable as a face-to-face one, but then you close your laptop and then that's it. And I like that very much. But you need that buzz as well. And somehow you only get the buzz when you're in a face-to-face classroom. Oh, yeah. True. So kind of a mix of the two would be the best. Mm.
1: Yeah, no, no, I tend to agree with you. I went mm. um, I went to the Equals conference and presented Ooh. there in um in Venice. And that was the first time I'd actually done. Something face to face in I don't know how long, um, but it was. Oh, a, I
2: saw your post on that.
1: It was, oh, it was a really, really nice. Um, really nice feeling, and yeah, it, um, I I get that. And having people working in pairs, yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, you we could. I mean, obviously, with webinars, it depends on the setup, and often there isn't that opportunity for them to have breakout rooms because it just becomes completely unmanageable but if it's a smaller kind of way yeah. can do that that's great but um I think
2: yeah but it's it's still somehow there is this it really depends on the audience as well because you can of course you can have the breakout room discussions and everything but it's somehow still when people are thrown into a breakout room and they they spend like 30 seconds like oh what is going on I don't know what shall we do we I don't know and and in real life, this doesn't happen.
1: True, true. Because you can see it and you can monitor yeah. it. Um, who are the people who inspire and influence you? Oh,
2: I, I actually want to mention two people that um, I've known for a very, very long time. And they I'm pretty sure they are extremely well-known in Hungary. I'm not sure how, how well-known they are uh, in the whole world. But, um, but I'm pretty sure Neil Anderson is, is uh, well-known. Yeah. Um, so he was my CELTA trainer, my Delta trainer, and, and we're working together um, on smaller projects uh, here in Hungary right now as well. I just find him so inspiring. He's just full of ideas and, and you can just throw anything at him and he'll create the best lesson out of it. So he's absolutely amazing. And my other... Role model would be Anna Chiki. Mm-hmm. Um, I she's also doing lots of lots of things uh, right now. She's mostly doing things here in Hungary, but she's I think she's done several webinars and 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 conference talks and others uh, abroad as well. Um, she's uh, we 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 always share our ideas and we constantly send voice messages like, what do you think about this problem or that problem? And I just find that her approach and her personality is so inspiring. And we just sit down and we have so many ideas. Once we sit down, it's like, it's so inspiring to have someone that you can click with so well.
1: And share ideas and and yeah, bounce ideas off, fantastic. Yes, yes um what can you share one of your personal or life goals with us
2: Ooh, life goals um well I just want to be free <laughs> I think um that that would be my life goal actually um I would like to live a life in which I can do my job that I love and then I can enjoy my free time in like outdoors.
1: Yeah. Outdoors is my place. You seem to be quite an active person. Um, seeing you <laughs> on social
2: media, you're,
1: you're sort of on a mountain bike or yes. um, <laughs> you're everywhere actually.
2: Yes, every, everywhere that involves mountains and lakes and rivers, everything that's outdoors. Oh. So I, 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 yeah, I've recently been to Slovenia, um, at Lake Bohin, and I just realized that this is my spot, like other than Canada, of course, which, because Canada is a country where everything is, Mm. but Slovenia is much closer to Hungary. And that's also like a paradise. So mountains and lakes, and honestly, that's my life goal. So to just work and then hike in the mountains after it wonderful um, tell us a fun fact
1: oh most people don't know about you
4: mm.
2: okay that most people don't know okay because i would have said not my mouth miking, but a lot of people know that um okay fun fact is that i cannot go to bed without uh having a cup of black tea mm-hmm. and uh and 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 that can like doesn't matter where I am, I have to have my cup of black tea. Doesn't that make that, me? That's what everybody tells me, but for me, it just calms me down, and and I feel so unsatisfied without without having it. <laughs> so it's just that has to end the day.
1: That's your ritual. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh,
0: yeah,
1: just thought there is caffeine in tea. Sometimes there's more caffeine in tea than there is coffee, coffee. Um, And then you managed to go to sleep. Wonderful, wonderful.
2: (laughs) Um, It's very good. It's definitely a fun
1: fact. Um, Have you got a favorite quote?
2: Oh, I have. It's not very intellectual. Unfortunately, I think it was in the movie Finding Nemo. (laughs) <laughs> and then the quote goes like keep swimming yeah. um so i i i totally believe in that so no matter what happens in the world and in our lives we just need to keep swimming and that keeps me motivated
1: wonderful and it uh, <laughs> does it it's you 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 obviously help people who were swimming <laughs> yes and you you get help but you keep- yeah and you keep doing things Um, would that mean that Nemo is your favorite film (laughs) Uh,
2: (laughs) well in a way i i watched it twice and that's already a very like interesting thing because i normally don't watch movies um or if i watch them i watch them once but i saw this twice so it could mean (laughs) that it's my favorite
1: (laughs) okay if you could switch lives with someone for a day who would you choose
2: well I could say at this point somebody from the ELT world but unfortunately I'm going to say a professional mountain biker (laughs) that, (laughs) that I would like to she's Tani Seagrave um, she's one of the the best mountain biking women in the world. I would love to to be
1: her for a day. Brilliant, wonderful. You've <laughs> got <laughs> your priorities right. <laughs> um, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Ah. Apart from
2: speaking all the languages in the whole world, I would put, pick flying.
1: Mm, me too. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, <that's... Yeah. laughs> Very good. We're on the same page.
1: I demand suction caps, that would be. <laughs> and if you were a type of food,
2: mm-hmm.
1: what would you be? <laughs> food,
2: food. Hmm. I'm, I'm trying to picture or, or sort of put my personality into food um i don't know what that is it's kind of like a sparkling candy kind of thing it's like sparkling sugar Mm -hmm. there was this kind of candy that you eat and then it starts sparkling inside
1: your mouth like popping what that is Is popping gum oh something like that like put it in your mouth and it, it goes yes um, yes, yes no no I know it. <laughs> yes. Um I was just trying to like think
2: what I'm like to the outside world and what that could be as a type of food and I think <laughs> this popping candy would be nice.
1: So it has been so lovely to talk to you, and so thank
2: in, you, thank you.
1: I just want to remind our listeners that if you want to follow Jo, and I would recommend you read her blog posts because they're always really, really interesting, um, and to have yeah. a look at her website and follow her on social media because she's very active and shares so many good tips and advice and infograms that make everything (laughs) yeah and yeah i really really admire your work thank you so much Jane.
2: (laughs) thank you for having me thank you so much
1: thank you joe have a great rest of your day
2: thank you you too bye bye
1: ah and that was the lovely joe um next week i'm not Doing a show because I'm taking um, a week off to go to the beach. Um, I hope you will forgive me. Um, And I will see you the following Wednesday. Have a lovely day, everyone, and I'll see you soon.
0: You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org.